died a hero. Target! And was reborn as Robocop. A one-man police force with the strength of an army, the speed of a laser, the brain of a computer, and a body made of steel. Looking for me? Robocop. Rated R. Starts Friday, July 17th at a theater near you. This week's episode of the Couch Potato Podcast, Dead or Alive, You're Coming With Me, RoboCop is coming up next. Welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. Uh, once again, Lucas won't be joining us this week, uh, still out due to having a baby, so uh, he should be back next week, hopefully. But once again, our producer Adam's joining us. Adam, how are you doing, man? Great. How are you? Uh, not too bad. A little sunburnt. It's super hot and, uh, it's like cicada crazy in my neighborhood. So like my tree in my front yard is loaded with cicadas. So if anybody listening wants some, I will be more than happy to try to box them up and send them to you. They're absolutely free. <laughs> I will charge you a single, I'll even pay for shipping. You can't beat that deal. Nope. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> oh, and that's a perfect segue to talk about what we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, this was up in the fan poll that we did a few weeks ago for a, uh, was this the watch? Yeah, this was the watch along. Uh, and I was surprised by how many votes this got. I figured this would have been more popular. Uh, RoboCop is what we're doing tonight. The 1987 one, not the shitty remake from a few years ago. Yeah, the good one. Right. <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't count. Like, we don't count Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and... This RoboCop, the, the remake, we don't count either. So we're just going to go with the old one. Um, for those of you that have not seen RoboCop, I'll run down the plot real quick. It's set in a crime-ridden Detroit in the near future. Police officer Alex Murphy is murdered by a gang of criminals and subsequently revived by the mega corporation OCP as the cyborg law enforcer RoboCop. That's fucking awesome, even for like 1987. Um, since this was your choice for that fan poll a few weeks ago, uh, why RoboCop? Um, I think it is, uh, when I think of, uh, movies from that era, uh, there's a few that I, I can think of like, uh, Die Hard and, uh, Rambo. And this is one of those movies that sticks out as classic action movie. And, uh, it's actually one of my favorites, um, I uh, first saw it when uh, my dad introduced me to it. Uh, really? <laughs> much, yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was a little older. So I okay, knew. I was like, hey, eight-year-old Adam, come on into the living room. We're watching RoboCop. <laughs> but it quickly became one of my favorites just because of uh, the cheesy action that's in it. It's, uh, it's really good, and it actually has some, uh, some good nuance with the characters, too, so it's not just completely camp, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorites. That's why I picked it. Um, actually, uh, I think I told this story on the Die Hard episode that uh, my introduction to rated R movies was a double feature at my grandparents' house. Uh, it was Die Hard followed by this one. And there's a particular scene in this movie. I didn't put it in the uh, best scenes of the movie, but it's one that always stands out to me is where uh, RoboCop shoots that guy in the dick. I'm <laughs> You, you know, that's in one of my best scenes. So okay, well, Dan, we just spoiled it. All right, that was the episode, everybody. Good night. 
Um, <laughs> but when I was watching this last night too, um, it kind of spoofs like a lot of the eighties action movies. It's kind of a satire on them because I like, RoboCop for today's standards is incredibly violent, and I can't even imagine what this was like in '87. It was a little, a little before my time before I could go see it in a theater, but it's incredibly violent for '87, and even still pretty grisly today. And yeah. um, also, uh, it's kind of a commentary on corporate America that's still pretty relevant today too. Yeah, like how corporations sure. are just buying up everything. I mean, this one buys up a city to rebuild a new city. So I, I thought that like the, the satire, like it, it's funny how like some movies like that, they seem to be a bit of ahead of their time. And this was one of them when it comes to that. And there's actually yeah. a really cool uh, tidbit we'll get into later on about some of the satire in this too. So um, real quick, we'll just uh, run down the, well, no, uh, I did want to touch real quick. Uh, Robocop actually spawned quite a bit of uh, like, they did uh, two sequels, which uh, RoboCop 2 uh, managed to be even more violent than RoboCop 1. Uh, this got a TV show, a animated series, which blew my oh. mind that they did a RoboCop cartoon. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Uh, actually, I didn't get a chance to really dig deep into the cartoon, see how long it lasted. But yeah, like... My son, I was trying to watch this last night. Luckily, my son wasn't paying too much attention to it. But I was like, man, like, there's no way I, I would have, like, introduced my kid to RoboCop. I mean, he should be a little older. And I can't really speak because I was eight or nine when I watched it. But <laughs> um, RoboCop was also a former WCW wrestler. And we'll get into that a little bit later, too. And, of course, they did their, their shitty remake back in, was that, 14? Yeah, I think it was 2014. Yeah, uh, Joel Kinnaman and Michael Keaton was in it. I think Samuel Jackson's in it too. Yeah. I don't know. Just I, RoboCop will always be a giant, hulking, clunky robot. Not He looked too sleek. He almost looked like uh, Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe in this one, that remake. Yeah. So that's not my RoboCop. Um, real quick, we'll run down the tale of the tape. Released July 17th, 1987. Directed by Paul Verhoeven. Stars Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Ronnie Cox, Kurt Wood Smith, Miguel Ferrer, and Daniel O'Herlihy. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I just think of that Saturday Night Live skit, the O'Herlihy boy. Chris Farley was like an auto part. It wasn't an auto part salesman or something, but it was like a business, and he was the O'Herlihy boy. Yeah. I think it was Chris Farley. It's him or Adam Sandler. Um, Box office was uh, $53.4 million on a $13 million budget. Uh, pretty popular with critics and audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. 90 from critics and 84% from audiences. And it's currently streaming on Showtime. So if you have Showtime, you can always do a seven-day free trial if you want to check out RoboCop. Pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So do you, do you want to dig into the research corner first? I, I found sure, it, yeah. I, uh, I had trouble picking... Like, just a few. There's a lot of really cool tidbits in this. Um, the uh, movie In the movie, Detroit is portrayed as being bankrupt. And <laughs> I didn't know this actually happened to cities, but in 2013, the city of Detroit actually declared bankruptcy. I didn't know a city could declare bankruptcy. I didn't either, but apparently it can. 
They must be like okay. really trying to go for the RoboCop thing. I'm surprised they haven't done a RoboCop yet. Like, oh yeah, there's a dead cop. We just turn him into a robot. Well, I don't think anybody wants to buy the police in Detroit either. That's true. <laughs> um, apparently, the RoboCop suit caused quite a few issues on set. Uh, it was apparently so hot and heavy that Peter Weller lost three pounds a day in water weight. That is quite a few pounds a day. Yeah, and they had to eventually, it got to the point where they had to put an air conditioner inside the suit to keep him cool down. So, And then um, during the driving sequences, uh, if you noticed in the movie, when RoboCop steps out of the car, they always show his feet coming out before anything oh, yeah, else. Yeah. Apparently, when he drove in the car, uh, they had to take the bottom half of the suit off because he couldn't fit inside of a, uh, the car. Oh, I didn't know that. And also, speaking of that car, that's got to be the crowning achievement for the Ford Taurus. <laughs> yes, it, it, it Every does. time I see a Ford Taurus driving around, if that's still a thing, I always think of the RoboCop car. And you'll still, like, in our, in our shit town, you'll still see somebody driving one from, like, actually probably 1987. Yeah, yeah. Um, the screenplay, this one I thought was kind of... Uh, Thought was kind of interesting. The screenplay had been shopped around and rejected by just about every major film director in Hollywood. And then they offered it to Paul Verhoeven, and he read the script and threw it in the trash after reading a few pages. I guess apparently he thought it was just like a standard run-of-the-mill action movie. Yeah. So I guess his wife dug the script out of the trash and read the whole thing and encouraged him to take the job as she pointed out a lot of the the satirical elements of the script, so then he decided to do it. Hmm. Okay. Um, This next one that I have, uh, not really surprised at all, this film was submitted to the MPAA 12 times before getting an R rating. Hmm. Then uh, I guess apparently Paul Verhoeven had said that it wasn't quite 12, it was 8, so I don't know. That's still an awful lot, and it actually surprises me that that movie got away with an R still. Right. Um, Rudger Hauer and Michael Ironside were both considered for the role of RoboCop, but they, could, they couldn't do it because apparently they were too tall to be RoboCop. So hmm. Peter Weller ends up winning the role uh, because I guess his facial expressions, the bottom half of his face, I guess, was very expressive, and the fact he was much smaller in size than uh, Ironside and Rudger Hauer. And yeah. then this... Uh, this one's kind of cool. This kind of goes along with the same thing. I guess apparently Peter Weller was kind of a pain in the ass in the early going. Just complained about okay. a lot of shit. So they threatened to uh, replace him with Lance Hendrickson. Huh. Huh. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Uh, and I guess uh, doing a little bit more, uh, Lance Hendrickson was up for the role of the Terminator in the Terminator. Oh. And then, so he could have been the Terminator and RoboCop. <laughs> that would have been cool. I think it worked out for the best, though. And then uh, the last uh, research uh, bit that I have is uh, RoboCop was featured in WCW's Capital Combat pay-per-view in 1990, rescuing <laughs> Sting from an ass-kicking by the Four Horsemen. Uh, it said in the notes that it's considered one of the worst wrestling uh, spots of all time. I have to agree. Like, it's, it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> it, it's pretty campy. Uh, Sting, the wrestler, uh, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so like, I thought it was real shitty. But uh, Sting gets locked inside of a cage. And then RoboCop just struts down there, like, as slow as he can. And just bends the cage apart and rescues Sting. And then they just lay waste to the four horsemen. (laughs) My God. 
I, I mean, I'm sure that's not one of Ric Flair's crowning achievements. Yeah, I got beat down by RoboCop. <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to add to the fun facts? I know uh, you usually got some really good ones. Uh, well, uh, you actually touched on a few of mine, so uh, I only have a couple of uh, facts here. Um, one of them being uh, the uh, infamous um, uh, rape scene where RoboCop saves the uh, damsel in distress. Uh, he was actually supposed to um, shoot over the guy's shoulder and kill him and save the lady. Uh, but um, the director noticed that uh, she was standing with her legs apart. So uh, he had RoboCop shoot in between her legs and get the guy in the groin. And uh, that's Adam, why we got I put an explicit content on this. You can say shot him in the dick. <laughs> shot him straight in the schlong, right in the dong. <laughs> <laughs> Got it right uh, in the old yogurt slinger. <laughs> old tally whacker. <laughs> That's just going to be the rest um, of the episode, just throwing out, like, dick jokes. Um, the other uh, bit of trivia that I have, uh, RoboCop is featured in Mortal Kombat 11, um, which is uh, the current Mortal Kombat. Uh, and uh, he has some great finishing moves, so uh, go check RoboCop out. Uh, I'm not a paid spokesperson for Mortal Kombat, but it's a uh, it's an excellent portrayal of RoboCop. Uh, other than the fact that they have uh, the really crappy um, remake RoboCop as a um, costume for him, <laughs> which probably hasn't sold anything. Is, right. is that DLC or is that like something that you can unlock? Yeah, it's, I think it's DLC because uh, they have the Terminator too. So yeah, you showed um, me the video. It's like old ass Terminator from Dark Fate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They have uh, they have different skins for him too. You can you can play just as uh, um, the exoskeleton too. So yeah, I would do um, the '87 RoboCop and then the exoskeleton. No one wants to fuck with Storm Shadow or Snake Eyes <laughs> RoboCop and fucking uh, retired T800 Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Um, and the only other bit of trivia that I have that's different than yours um, is uh, the uh, food paste that RoboCop is uh, supposed to be eating, like the baby food, um, is actually uh, made from uh, parsnip, uh, tomato puree, and butterfingers. That's gross. That is. <laughs> that uh, one guy, uh, Bob Morton's right-hand man, fucking ate it up, though. He loved it. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, man, I that guy is going to be coming back up later on. I really enjoy that character. He's such a fucking yeah. kiss ass. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, that's some really cool stuff. Like I remember you showed me the video for uh, mortal Kombat. Uh, that's really cool how they do that. They incorporate like, I know they've done like horror movie characters. Uh, and then they, they did like the sci-fi stuff, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, for the next uh, category was the uh, I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Uh, I had trouble narrowing these down to five, so I kind of combined a bunch of the ones that I really like because they kind of almost run together. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first one I have is uh, the OCP board meeting. Okay. Where... Uh, the old man's kind of given like his uh, talk about what's going to happen with clouds. Like, was it Cloud City or uh, he, uh, I'm whatever, not sure. whatever the fucking town is? It wasn't that important to me, so I didn't pay attention. Yeah, 
uh, where he's giving the presentation, and then like they're talking about they need to clean up the streets. So then uh, Dick Jones, uh, played by one of my favorite actors of the '80s, Ronnie Cox. Not a, not enough Ronnie Cox love in Hollywood. No, not at all. Man deserves a statue. Um, <laughs> but then he does the presentation for Ed Two Hundred Nine, and then like basically he has uh, one of Morton's cronies like hold up a gun, and then uh, Ed Two Hundred Nine malfunctions, just murders him in cold blood. Some people. Like, you know, act accordingly, like scared to death. But for the most part, they're just like, man, this really like this got fucked up. And then like Bob Morton decides he's going to uh, basically plead his case to try to move up in the company. He pitches the RoboCop idea, pisses Dick Jones off. (laughs) Um, Then the second one I got is the uh, the car chase sequence and the warehouse scene where uh, Lewis and Murphy are chasing after Clarence Boddicker's gang. Uh, then that leads into the warehouse. Um, you kind of know once uh, Boddicker's pissed off that the money got burned, that the guy that fucked up is going to get killed. And the first time I seen this, I even thought, he's probably going to get thrown out of that van at some point. And sure enough, that happens. Can you fly? Can you fly, oh, no, Bobby? No. <laughs> <laughs> that almost made the cut for, like, quote of the movie for me. because can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> and then uh, they go to the warehouse. Uh that's when uh, Lewis ends up getting, uh, oh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Joe, I think the name. Catches him yeah. pissing and then, like, for some reason, gazes down at his dick and then, like, get, Joe gets the upper hand on her. And then that's where you get, like, I, I can't believe this was in 1987, but they just disintegrate Murphy. Like, they shoot his hand off. Yeah. And he starts seeing his arm get, like, his arm gets shot off. And then, like, they just murder him in cold blood. Pretty grisly for 87. Like I said, this movie's yeah. fucking violent. It is. Like, I think in terms of, like, just really gruesome, like, death sequences, like, in a major Hollywood movie, to me, this one, I think the only one that tops this is uh, is Rambo, like the fourth Rambo movie, where Stallone gets on that, uh, that gun and that Jeep and just shreds those guys to ground beef. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, like... <laughs> It's like that's RoboCop style right there. Um, the third one I got is the introduction of RoboCop. That's always really cool where they show him getting constructed. You know, they get built. The, there's always that kind of that infamous scene where they're at the New Year's Eve party and the, that one doctor kisses him on the shield. Yeah. Then uh, you get to see RoboCop strut into the precinct. And then you get uh, the typical uh, Reed who plays the typical hard-ass uh, police sergeant in the precinct it's like pretty much in every 80s cop movie yeah um then you get to see robocop at the range i thought was kind of cool that gun i don't know what that gun is but i've never seen anything before that or since that in a movie it's almost like a an automatic just it has a really cool aesthetic look i think uh it was when i was doing stuff for the research corner um they were going to use a desert eagle and i guess it was uh it was too small i think for robocop is what they said so they uh they used the automatic and uh they actually dressed it up to be bulkier mm-hmm. yeah like when i was a kid like i that was the toy gun i wanted because it just just fired off like four or five round burst it's like that's so cool i'm not a gun guy but that was like super cool to see that yeah and then um 
of course, uh, that's uh, it ends with RoboCop getting tossed the keys, and then you get the Basil Polidorus score, which I think is a very underrated movie score from the '80s. The RoboCop yeah. theme. I listened. Yeah. I was like, "Damn, that kind of gives you like, okay, I want to see RoboCop kick some ass now." <laughs> and then um, the third one I got is uh, RoboCop's first night on patrol. This has some really cool stuff. Um, the guy robbing the liquor store or the convenience store. Like I, when I was watching it last night. The guy that this point to get at RoboCop just keeps yelling "fuck me" as RoboCop's getting closer to him. He starts yeah. shooting him. <laughs> And then he just clotheslines him into that cooler. Like, I don't know how that's physically possible. Like, he clotheslines him, and it's almost like he – it's like a cartoon where he clotheslines him. And then, like, he almost, like, wraps around his arm and then flies the other way. Yeah. Was, it's just the sheer power of RoboCop. I guess. I, I didn't question it, though. It's like – it's a, a cyborg cop in 1987 Detroit. Like, okay, sure, that can happen. Um, then of course, like we discussed earlier that, uh, that woman's, uh, getting assaulted by these two guys and he holds a knife to that woman's throat and then RoboCop saves the day by shooting him in the dick. Uh, not gonna lie. Uh, my son did want to see that scene and I did show it to him because <laughs> he just wanted to see somebody get shot, in the, just get shot in the crotch. Like that's all he's, he said. And then like, he looks at me because that guy totally deserved that. I was like, yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to see somebody get shot in the crotch why america's funniest some videos is so popular mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true and then the last bit is that uh that politician who's taking the hostages inside city hall he just starts making these crazy demands like he wants a new car and they're like <laughs> discussing like what kind of like it's almost like he's trying to sell him a new car the sergeant down there <laughs> negotiating like oh yeah we'll get you power steering and then he grabs the grabs him through the wall that's a good scene i like that, that is a cool scene i only i put this next one in there it's not so much the scene itself but it like I noticed in these movies, it's the attempted arrest of Dick Jones where he goes into the OCP office and he tries to arrest Dick Jones and then he starts shutting down because he's trying to uh, enact like objective number four, which is you can't arrest Dick Jones, which like I kind of want that power. Just like you don't know what it is, but you're, something's going to happen to you if you try to do something to me. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to pay taxes. No, I'm not. And then like some <laughs> shit shuts down. But, uh... Do you notice that like when RoboCop in the earlier sequences, when he starts to have that dream and he storms out of the, the precinct, how he kind of walks out of there like a kid who's told that he can't have like four candy bars to eat for dinner. <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of storms out of there with his arms, like walking, like storms off and the same thing with Ed 209. Like when he tries to chase RoboCop down the stairs and he falls, he's yeah. just having a fucking temper tantrum when he can't move. Yeah, and it, he like kicks his legs in the air. He's kicking his legs, and he's storming <laughs> out. And uh, I don't know why Dick Jones was so high on Ed Two Hundred Nine. Like Ed Two Hundred Nine can't shoot for shit. He murders that guy, but like when he tries to shoot RoboCop, I think just fucking misses every time he tries to shoot him. Yeah, he can't walk down a flight of steps. Like why would if I was the military, why would I buy Ed Two Hundred Nine? Right. Like, come on, Dick, you got to fix this up a little bit. And- he even gets taken down by a single gun when RoboCop goes to the building at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ed 209, I think we figured it out. Ed 209, piece of shit. <laughs> and he throws a temper tantrum when he doesn't get his way. And I also wonder, like, how did they get that out of that stairwell? I mean, o- o- OCP's corporate office in Detroit's had a bad week. Guy gets fucking shot. 
and murdered in cold blood. There's a giant two-ton robot stuck in a stairwell. Imagine, like, you have to work on, like, the ninth floor, and he's stuck between seven and eight, and you're late. Like, yeah, I tried to get here. I tried to take the steps, but Ed 209's stuck down there. You know, that's going to be my next uh, my next excuse for calling off work. It's oh, like, oh, oh dude, giant robot now. We're going to throw that in the uh, the book of excuses I'm going to write eventually. Like, there's uh, a deer ran through my living room window. There is my house is haunted. And now uh, Ed 209 was in my way. <laughs> um, the last uh, scene that I have is the steel mill shootout. And then I called this the, the Dick Jones comeuppance, where he basically, like, gets his in the end. Um, it's where... Uh, you know, the, the big battle scene with Boddicker and his gang. It is really cool, like, guns that shoot, like, exploding rounds. Mm-hmm. I thought those were kind of kind of cool. And then, like, RoboCop starting, like, that's when, like, he gets, like, blown to bits by the cops earlier. He doesn't have the yeah. face shield on anymore, so he's starting to kind of get back a little bit of his hu- human side, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of cool, where he has trouble aiming, and then, like, Murphy has to show him how to aim. And then... um the OCP board meeting at the end when uh, RoboCop storms in and then he plays that video of uh, Boddicker basically like, or no, it's the, the video of Dick Jones basically saying he had Bob Morton killed yeah. and the old man fires him and then <laughs> RoboCop can kill Dick Jones. And did you notice when he fell out the window, how like his arms and legs looked really long? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was kind of uh it was kind of blurry around his edges too to where they uh composited him in that scene <laughs> and then um what i thought was kind of cool about this scene too is uh after uh the old man like kind of regains his composure and he asks what his name is and he tells him murphy so then like it's kind of come full circle like robocop even though he's a machine is human again yeah so i kind of like that scene but um before we announce the winner do you have any extra scenes you want to add so uh you actually touched on all of my favorite scenes, so I will Fun fact, uh, I hacked into your iPad, stole all your notes. Well, dang it. Well, you know, that's okay. <laughs> that way that way, I don't have to uh, repeat all the, the same scenes that you did, but um, I did have literally every scene that you did. I had the glitch scene, uh, the scene where he shoots the, uh, the um, attempted rapists and... Uh, the uh, the boardroom scene at the very end of the movie um, mm-hmm. was one of my favorites, um, and then the steel mill, uh, the shootout at steel mill where uh, they're running around shooting each other, um, all of those were on my list. Um, I think out of those though, my favorite would probably have to be um, uh, the boardroom scene at really? the very end. Yeah, and the only reason why is um, like. It still has action in it, uh, slightly, where he shoots and uh, kills the guy, throws him out the window. Uh, but um, it shows that RoboCop has become human, like you said. Um, and I think that's that's the kind of like nuance that the uh, that the movie has that puts it apart from other just cheesy action movies. Is that mm-hmm. it? It develops the character a little bit better, and. Uh, and then uh, when he says his name at the end and he has that little smile there, uh, it shows that he's human. Mm-hmm. I almost uh, wanted to award like the steel mill slash the boardroom scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always put them together because it seems like they kind of blend in from one to the other. I almost put yeah. that one because it had like the, the scene at the end where like RoboCop kind of gets his humanity back. 
And then I also had that really cool death scene where Emil drives that van into that toxic waste and just becomes the toxic Avenger for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Ray Wise, who plays uh, Nash, and that is like just freaked out that his buddies just pretty much his skin's melting off. I thought that was very cool in 1987 as a kid. Like, whoa, his skin's melting off. But uh, I think for me, my favorite scene's got to be RoboCop's first night on patrol. Like when he's cruising the streets, busting yeah. perps. I sound like Dane Cook there for a second. But yeah, when he's <laughs> when he's like just, you know, p- patrolling town, like, you know, the fucking guy that robs the liquor store, which I don't know, like now every time I go see like a beer pyramid at a convenience store, I got to maybe at least tap it, see if there's a safe in there. Yeah. Plus, doesn't that lead into a sort of a, a, a montage scene, too, of him like doing uh, different crimes and stuff like that, get, arresting different people? I don't. That when that happens? I don't know. It it doesn't happen there. It should, because you could have just played the the Polydorus like Robo. I don't know what that piece of uh, the score is called. I'm just gonna call it uh, the RoboCop theme, mm-hmm. or RoboCop on Patrol. I don't know, but like that should have been a montage scene without just playing over it. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Because they, they do a little bit of a montage where, like, he goes to the school and tells the kids to stay out of trouble. and uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's in there somewhere. I think that's, that that's... happens the next the next day. Yeah. Um, and I also put that scene, too, because, like, when that politician, when RoboCop grabs him from the wall, he punches him and knocks him through the window, and he falls out, <laughs> like, I think, like, I think it's two or three stories. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to give it to, so we'll just call it a tie. Okay. But... Since it's my show, my mine wins. But uh, the next, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, the next award is the King Kong ain't got shit on me award for the best line of the movie. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Uh, I think you and I are pretty much gonna have. I know two of them for sure. Yeah. Um, when RoboCop says "Dead or alive, you're coming with me," that's yeah, kind of one of the iconic yep. ones. Um. This next one, uh, you and I have used this in talking to one another for how long have we known each other now? Five, six years, maybe? Uh, maybe a little longer think, than that? Um, yeah. But I remember you and I throw this at each other from time to time. And I had a hell of a time trying to figure out what that character's name is. And I, the only thing I could come up with was Bixby Snyder, but the I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's probably my uh, my winner right there. Yeah. The uh, when Dick Jones uh, is kind of disappointed that Ed 209 kind of had a, a malfunction by, I don't know, murdering somebody in cold blood. Uh, he <laughs> just says, I'm sure it's just a glitch, a temporary setback. Um, the uh, the old man, when he says, nice shooting, son, what's your name? You know, kind of ties in with your favorite scene of the movie. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> I could find one, just one that I really liked for Clarence Boddicker because I think he has like – Actually, as shitty as this sounds, he's probably my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I think it, even now that he's Red Foreman, you can even watch it. Like, man, Red Foreman before he became a dad was a fucking badass in Detroit. <laughs> but that is my new headcanon. That's what happened before that '70s show. Yep, that's exactly. This what is a, a that '70s show prequel. <laughs> then he he meets Kitty and then gets his shit together. Um. But uh, when he gets arrested and he spits on the Reed's uh, paperwork, he goes, give me my fucking phone call. I was like, man, that's such a badass line. Like, he knows he's going to get out of it. Yep. 
So it's like, I just want my phone call so we can just get this over with. But um, do you have any others you want to add before we award this to the actual winner that you and I pretty much have? Yes. Uh, so I have two more uh, that you didn't mention. Um, one of them is, uh, uh, sorry, I have to go somewhere. There's crime happening. And the only reason I picked that was just because it's so matter of fact. And the way he says it is so robotic and so monotonous that it's just, it, it sounds corny when he says it. And um, that actually, that comes after he storms out of the, when he's walking towards the car, like a fucking scolded child. Yeah. That's, that's basically his excuse. Like there's crime somewhere. I'm leaving now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, my, uh, my next one was, uh, the, your move creep line uh after he shoots the guy right in the crotch um that is a <laughs> perfect line to end that scene with <laughs> um i think uh, it's pretty obvious which one we're going to go with i would yeah. say dead or alive you're coming with me because when i was a kid like that was the one i kind of remember but i'd yeah. buy that for a dollar it's got to be the winner here i'd buy that for a dollar <laughs> now I don't understand. I, I get that essentially that character and that show is a Benny Hill ripoff. Yeah. Down to like the overt sexual overtones of the show. But every time I've seen that, it's usually him throwing like a cake into some woman's chest. Yeah. Or, or something. And he just says, I'd buy that for a dollar. And people just like, they, they fucking eat it up. <laughs> it, it seems like the, the characters in the, in the movie that are watching that, are laughing way too hard at it because like if you and I were watching it, it would be sort of funny, but it, it wouldn't be that funny. And I think them laughing at it, kind of hamming it up <laughs> makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah. It's at the point where like, there's a riot going on in Detroit because the cops have gone on strike and Emil's is sitting in his van watching that in a storefront. Yeah. He even throws uh, uh, something at the window, breaks it. So he can turn up the TV. Yeah. Everybody too loud rioting. <laughs> you know, the cops, they should have just turned Bixby Snyder into RoboCop. <laughs> can you yeah. imagine like there'd be no crime. He just says, I'd buy that for a dollar. And then like <laughs> everybody just breaks out laughing like, Oh, well, I'm not going to do crime anymore. It's just hilarious. Yeah. It just becomes <laughs> like a peaceful town. It's like a serene setting. Kind of like the town in gremlins before gremlins get just get turned and run amok in that town. Just like that. Yeah. And uh, speaking of stuff that uh, everybody's watching on uh, TV, how grim are the, uh, the newscasts that they just periodically uh, sprinkle throughout the, uh, out the movie? Like they deliver those. I was going to touch on those. They deliver those with like, Oh, and other news. They have a big smile on their face, like especially Lisa Gibbons. Like when they Mm -hmm. cut to her, she's just happy to report that, some town in Russia has a nuclear bomb that they're going to unload as protection in a civil war. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, there's nuclear Holocaust going on right now. Hooray. Another news, the weather. <laughs> and then like, uh, the, uh, the anchor, like when they talk about like, uh, the fact that like 32 police officers have been murdered in Detroit, which 32 people period in a, a city is just fucking insane and he just like yeah 32 more cops were found dead or you know killed in detroit i'm jesus like this town's become the wild west everybody's desensitized now yeah 
Well, it, it goes back to like Bixby Snyder should just be the mayor of Detroit, turn him into RoboCop. <laughs> I mean, I think they have the technology now where they can split him in half, and then like he could be like the robot mayor of Detroit, and then RoboCop. There's your new RoboCop movie, folks. Bixby Snyder is now RoboCop. And RoboMayor. And RoboMayor. <laughs> he'd probably get he'd probably get voted out after his first term. There'd be something like, yeah, I don't like the way he's handling this trash situation. Get him out of office. All right, enough of the Bixby Snyder robot stuff. That We could just keep going on and on about that. But it's a good idea, though. We should write that down. Yep. Pitch it to some studio. Here's your RoboCop sequel right here. Um, the next award is the Lou Brown Give Him the Heater. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. It's basically for the best bit player, the the person who's not focused in the movie a lot, but does enough to where you notice him and think he's really good. Uh, last week we didn't give it because we just wanted to use that as an excuse to talk about John Williams. <laughs> but uh, we're back to awarding this with bit players. Um, I I have um, Robert Doque. He plays Reed, the staff sergeant. Like, that's a guy I would work for. Like, he takes no shit off nobody. Nobody, yeah. like, gets a free pass for that guy. Like, he treats everybody the exact same. I can respect that. Yeah. Um, I also chose uh, Ray Wise, Paul McCrane, and Jesse Goings as Nash, Emil, and Joe. It's Clarence mm-hmm. Boddicker's gang. I, I grouped them together because they all kind of bring a little bit to the table. Although Ray Wise kind of seems a bit too classy to be as a part of that gang. Yeah, I, he doesn't really fit with the other two. Like, Emil has like he's going bald at top, but he's trying to do something with his hair. He's got like a, a fake mohawk that, thing going. It's like when you are washing your. I I've done this with my kids when they were super little. I've taken what little hair they have and try to put it into a mohawk in the bathtub. Yeah. That's kind of what he's trying to do. And then Joe gets points because he distracts a cop with the size of his dick. I mean, she, like <laughs> she loses track of the job at hand and he's just able to knock a gun out of her hand. So like <laughs> job well done, Joe. Um, I nominated Bixby Snyder or whatever the actor's name is for the, I'd buy that for a dollar. Cause like, I know as we've discussed, like he just seems to bring so much joy to Detroit. <laughs> and then, uh, I nominated the, uh, I didn't put it in my notes, but after we were talking about him, I forgot how cool he was as, uh, the right-hand man for uh, Morton. Yeah. Like, he seems to just be like, I don't know, like he complimented them on the baby food. He always kind of kisses it. Not so much ass to where it's annoying, but just enough to where, like, that guy is going to get promoted someday. And I think he does in RoboCop, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's, like, I think he's got Robert Morton's old job. Okay. So those are my four nominees. I don't know if you got anybody different. Uh, I don't have anybody different. Um uh, the people that I had, I actually only um, uh, nominated two people for this just because uh, they were the ones that stood out the most for me. And it was uh, it was Reed. I thought, uh, you know, your average uh, boss at uh, precinct, you know, and he the, just the way that he delivered the line like, yeah, nobody's striking. Yeah, you're not going to strike, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like if he tells me that, like, OK, I'm not going to go on strike. And then, like, yeah. when he leaves, like, God, I'm going to feel so bad about going on strike because I just told him no. I'd be, af- <laughs> I'd be afraid to disappoint him. Yeah, right. And I'm going to let and, him down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, uh, he was my pick. Specifically for that kind of exchange there. 
mm-hmm. and he had several of them in the movie and and that was uh that was really cool and uh the other person that i uh had uh chosen was emil uh, just because he was i think he was the most featured uh goon of the gang um so i i, I don't know he just his whole role in that movie was uh was great yeah, like I, I, I put all three of them together, but I think Emil's probably like the one that like if Boddicker needed somebody to do something for him, it would probably be Emil before the others. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, like Ray Wise's Nash character just like even in the dance sequence, like he has no business dressing the way he did. Yeah. He's got his like he's wearing like a like a jacket, but he's got the sleeves rolled up and he's got like a, an obnoxious gold chain on, like Ray Wise doesn't dress like that. I don't understand it. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, Reed as well. I mean, like, like, like we said, like, that's a guy that would, like, that guy should be a football coach too. And, like, it makes yeah. me wonder if, like, once he retired from the police force, if he didn't coach, like, high school football. And he's the guy that, like, cusses at kids in, like, the huddle. <laughs> and I would give it to him. Although uh, yeah. the other guy, the the – Morton's crony is is pretty good too, but I'm gonna give it to Reed as well, yeah. Because uh, I think they almost like uh, God, what's that? Frank McRae in Last Action Hero, mm-hmm. Arnold's boss. It seems like they've taken the Reed character and put him in Last Action Hero, but they crank the Last Action Hero character up to eleven. <laughs> yeah, because they got a lot of similarities. So um, yeah, they do for sure. Just hard asses, but yeah, I'm gonna give it to him too. I mean, it makes the most sense. Plus, okay. Bixby Snyder already got an award, so he doesn't get anything. Yeah, no, no. He can't this get two. This isn't the Golden Globes. Um, the last category we have, who won the movie for you? Uh, you know, I, I don't like doing this uh, uh, all the time. It seems like I do it all the time, but um, I, I always pick the main character, it seems like, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm on here. But I think Peter Weller uh, actually wins the movie, and uh, the reason why... Uh, is because um, he moved like a robot when he had to. And the way he moved uh, as a robot was almost perfect. Um, And then him gradually getting back to being human, you can actually see that that movement um, in his body actually go back towards being more human. Mm -hmm. And I think he pulled off um, going from human to robot to human again really really well and it made the movie that much more believable so i'm gonna give the movie to him specifically for that very valid points um i actually i had him down because uh the way i do my note taking sometimes is i always do the research stuff like the little tidbits last yeah because i usually i'm filling out the rest of the stuff when i'm watching the movie and I had him as the winner originally, but then after I did the research and read that there was a possibility that Lance Hendrickson could have been RoboCop, and I love Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. And I was like, man, could you have just pissed off Paul Verhoeven just a little bit more so we could have got that? <laughs> so I, I scratched him, and then I'm yeah. actually going to give it to Paul Verhoeven. Okay. Um, main reason being like, well, actually, I think the real MVP should be Paul Verhoeven's wife because she's the one that like picked the script out of the trash and gave it like read it and then talked him into doing it. Because like, if he doesn't do it, then there's a chance RoboCop doesn't get made for a long time, if at all. 
Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it, we have RoboCop. yeah, because like it seems like everybody was just turning this down because they didn't like the script. They thought it was too violent. I, some reasons, like it just kept getting turned down, but then like his wife convinced him to do it. So then they made it, which I found out was his uh, American debut. He's a, a Dutch or I think he's a director from like he as a Dutch filmmaker. So he made all this mm-hmm. stuff in like overseas. So this is his American debut. Yeah. But who knows if this movie would have yeah. like, even if it flopped, who knows if he would have made another one. And if it flopped and he didn't get another gig, we wouldn't have gotten total recall, which was his follow up to this. Which another, uh, another remake came out of that too. And it sucked. Well, we don't acknowledge <laughs> that one. That, that movie never happened. Um, yeah. What, what total recall remake? <laughs> um, Why is everything good getting remade? Right. Already but like with Total Recall, a lot of people consider that to be Arnold's best movie. It's easily in his top three. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we got uh, after he did Total Recall, he did Basic Instinct, which was uh, like a. I think it was like in terms of like the erotic thriller, it's probably a top of the mountain. Yeah. Or like when you're like putting together a, a Mount Rushmore of erotic thrillers, which I don't know if anyone's done that yet. I'd be curious to find out. But Basic <laughs> Instinct would be on that. Yeah. Um, plus, I mean, there's many a man my age that Sharon Stone got him through their formative years. Um, and then he did uh, Showgirls, which is. <laughs> well, I don't know how to what to say about Showgirls. It's. Probably one of the best bad movies ever made. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I, I don't think I've seen Showgirls. I've seen all the other ones, but I haven't seen Showgirls. Uh, Showgirls is like one of those movies that like is so bad that it's good. I mean, it's it's a fucking train wreck, and it's awesome. And then he did Starship Troopers, which is a criminally underrated sci-fi movie. From oh yeah, nice doesn't get enough respect in my eyes. And he did that one too. So we would, if he didn't take this movie, or if this movie flopped, we may have not gotten any of those other movies. So I'm going to give it to Paul Verhoeven for that reason. You know, um, I'm going to uh, concede my my pick and go with your pick. You've made a very valid point. So uh, I do like all those movies, and uh, I think that he deserves the award. All right. Well, there we go. Um, I still need to figure out how to print off the awards so we can mail these to people. <laughs> I think out of any of our winners so far, I think Paul Verhoeven might be the one that actually may like take it and run with it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I we'll see. see that. I have to, uh, being the producer, I have to figure out how to get in contact with these people or their agents. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I can't, we well that we'll just make Lucas do it. Lucas doesn't do shit on this show anyways. <laughs> All right, Lucas, that's your new job. You're the mailman. Yeah. <laughs> Find out the addresses of these people so we can mail them, like, mail them these awards and get a printer. I'm not going <laughs> to finance that printer. You can get it. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up RoboCop. Uh, before we uh, hop off here, Adam, you got anything else you want to add about RoboCop? Uh, yeah. I think that, uh, um, RoboCop as a whole is one of those uh, quintessential 80s movies, so uh, go out and watch it if you haven't already. 
definitely um if you're doing like uh one of those uh weird parties like people do with 80s parties or 90s parties definitely make it a part of your 80s party uh lineup um oh a halloween costume you could totally buy like a couple of them steel trash cans and goes robocop or if you're uh feeling uh even more cheap you could get some aluminum foil and uh, mold it around your face make yourself robocop well yeah you can just <laughs> tell people you're uh you're the robocop from robocop 3 <laughs> i cut corners like they did in robocop 3 and this is what you get perfect <laughs> but um, uh yeah that's uh that's all i really have to add uh it's a it's a good movie to watch it's not uh just a cheesy action movie it does have that nuance like i was saying before um, yeah it's you know. got a lot of satire to it, like with uh like with corporate america especially like how corporations now just seem to be buying up everything yeah and just like violence in america i mean it's it's a little ahead of its time like i when i watched it last night like i just uh, some of that stuff really stood out to me and plus you can follow it up by watching uh robocop wrestle the four horsemen <laughs> <laughs> you can watch something extremely good and then watch something that's kind of bad yeah and then like if you get on youtube uh sting and robocop cut a promo together too oh did they okay i'm gonna yeah to i'll i'll, fi- I'll find i'll send it to you it's it's fucking awesome great um all right well that's gonna wrap up robocop um next week uh the uh fan vote that RoboCop lost, we're going to do the winner, and it's going to be a supersized watch-along episode. It's going to be Clueless, uh, which uh, you guys voted for. So me and Lucas should be back. Uh, We might have a couple special guest stars for that one. Maybe a guest that we haven't had on before. So that should be pretty fun if uh, they're up for it. So uh, Clueless is going to be next week. So, uh, Look for that. And um, we are now on a weekly format now, so you can catch new episodes of us every Monday. Uh, so just go to wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe so you can get all the new episodes, listen to the old ones. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. And uh, we should have uh, – we got two TikTok videos out now, so you can find us on TikTok as well, which uh, one is uh, promoting – the next episode with me doing one of those deep fake videos as Alicia Silverstone uh, was pointed out to me that I look like Chewbacca. (laughs) Yeah. Like uh, when you you see the video and it's paused before it starts playing, I showed it to somebody at work and they said it looked like Chewbacca had shaved his face. (laughs) I was like, Oh, oh." yeah. I was like, okay. And then I looked at it, I was like, fuck, that doesn't like Chewbacca. Shit. I'm really that ugly. <laughs> no. But all right, guys. Well, uh, hopefully Lucas will be back next week. Uh, Adam, it's been a blast doing these last two episodes with you. And uh, yeah. you sh- I don't think you're on the Clueless, but you should be coming back very soon for an episode. Yes, most Which, definitely. Because we, uh, we got some really good ones coming up. Uh, over the next few weeks too so until next week uh we will talk at you guys later bye everybody later